wonderful work of God here. And to God be all the glory. This is your month of witnessing. It's called Star Witness. And the message the Lord has put in my heart is the true witness. The true witness. And I'll be sharing from my heart and stories on this topic. I really believe the Lord has a word for you. And I ask your spirit stays open and do have a pen and a piece of paper to take down a few things as we continue. Shall we pray together in Jesus' name? Lord, I am humbled to stand before this amazing congregation, this godly community that worships you. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege to be a blessing in your name. Lord, how I ask that you will come down to speak clearly and to touch the house of God. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to start with a scripture, Proverbs 14.25. And it says, the King James says, A true witness delivereth souls. A true witness delivereth souls. Now, when you hear a true witness, it means that you have a witness that is not true. And that's why the topic is the true witness. There are witnesses that are true, and there are witnesses that are not true. And, you know, the Bible says the whole of creation, Romans 8, is in agony and pain, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. But listen, the whole of creation is not waiting for the manifestation of Christians. It's waiting for the manifestation of children of God. People who are true witnesses. People who embody Christ and witness Jesus. And so that scripture says, a true witness delivers souls. Now, when you hear the word deliver, it gives you the picture of captivity. Souls in agony, souls in bondage, souls struggling. They may have a BMW 5 Series. You know, they can drive, you know, the latest Prado 2016. But inside is bondage. Inside is futility, is emptiness. The world is empty, friends. And that's why the Bible says, love not the world. Isn't it? Because the world has all its attractions and its beauties, but it's empty. The world is empty. And those who live for the world are empty. On the outside, they look good, but they're in captivity. They're in bondage. And we are called as witnesses to be true witnesses. The scripture says, but a deceitful witness. So you see that there is a true witness, therefore it means there is also what? A false witness. You have true witnesses and you have false witnesses. And so before I go on to begin to 
describe who a true witness is, I want to just explain who is a false witness. Who is a false witness? Now, it is possible, if you, if you look on the screen, there's a quote there. It is possible to witness, honestly, to witness vigorously, to witness passionately, and yet be a false witness. Is that clear? You can witness passionately, vigorously, and even honestly. And yet you're a false witness. So who is a false witness? A false witness is someone who is witnessing what they have not experienced. And so, to witness to that which you have not seen or experienced is falsehood. So you find people are talking about something happening somewhere, but they have not experienced it. And part of my cry this morning is that God will allow you to experience enough to be his witness. I hope you know that sometimes God will allow us go through painful decisions or painful experiences to gather the experience to witness. Is somebody with me? Because if you don't have experience, what do you have? Somebody says, but the word of God, let me tell you something I deeply believe. The word of God becomes real when you back it up with your experience. It's your experience that makes the word of God come alive. Now, as a young man in, on, on campus, I, I studied at the University of Nigeria in Suka, And I was not born again till my final year on campus. So most of my years in the 80s, I was an unbeliever. And as an unbeliever, there are types of unbelievers. I was an unbeliever, unbeliever. Now, some of you were unbelievers, but you were not unbeliever, unbeliever. You know, there are unbelievers that when you see them, you think twice before you preach. Unbelievers were the type, if you're on campus those days, that wear dark glasses in the middle of the night. And so we were involved in drugs, we were involved in excessive alcoholism, everything wrong, everything wrong. But you see, when Jesus touched me, he transformed me. One night, one experience, one encounter, and I am changed. So I have an experience, isn't it? So you have bad experiences that you can use as a witness. Are you with me? So don't hide your negative experience. Your negative experience could be the instrument that connects you with the person you are witnessing to. There are people I talk to and I tell them, I used to be like this. And they wonder, really? I said, yes. That's why the word I love, I, 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 I don't enjoy the word born again anymore. Because born again has come to mean anything. But another word scripture uses is the word regeneration. You know what is regeneration? 
where you take something that was an old gene, an old genotype, an old creation, and then you regene it, you recreate it, it becomes brand new. I love what Ephesians says. Ephesians says, we who were dead in our trespasses, God made alive. Hallelujah. And then he raised us up together with Christ and seated us in the heavenly places with Christ. That is regeneration. That is regeneration. And so what the Lord is asking us to do is go into the world and tell the story of your experience. The story of regeneration. I've worked for many years in North Africa. One day I was driving along the road and I met someone, an Arab man, and the Lord said, pick this man. I didn't know him, I picked him. And he entered my car and we're driving along. And I felt the Lord say, tell him your story. And so I told him my story. I said, do you want to hear my story? He said, sure. And so I told him how I used to be an alcoholic, a drug addict. I was involved with prostitutes and all the terrible things. I opened my life to this stranger. And at the end, I said, but you know what? One day, I met a man. And in one moment, he turned me around. One moment, he turned me around. And when I said that, this Arab man said, stop the car, stop the car. Now, this is Arab world. We are preaching the gospel is against the law. So when he said, stop the car, I was a bit apprehensive. Because I thought, I'm in trouble. And he said, park the car, park the car. And so I I just pulled the car over. And when I parked the car, I turned to the man sitting next to me. And tears was running down his eyes. He said to me, sir, I don't know you. But everything you described about your past is where I am now. Can you please give me the phone number of that man? That man that met you in one night changed you. I need to call him right now because I need him. And I said, that man is Jesus. He's right here with us. This Muslim received the Lord in my car. Listen to me, friends. Don't hide your negative testimony. Some of you looking at me, you know you've been involved in some terrible things. Sister, you've done several abortions. Brother, you know you were one of Fela's uh, uh, boys. You know what you've done. You were a chronic liar. There are some people, they lie to you. When they finish, you start to ask, what is my own name? They are so smooth. When they lie, you know yourself. But friends, can I tell you something? Tell your story. Experiences are good. Experiences are good. So I was speaking at, some of you may know Trinity House. I was speaking at Trinity House, and I was telling this story of how I used to be, and I was in the um, UNN and all that and all that. So when we finished, you know, as is the protocol, they would lead the pastors out. And as we're going out, somebody ran up to me, pushed through all the protocol, and said, excuse me, sir. Uh, sorry, sir. Um, you went to UNN? I said, yes. 
from the story you were telling, there's somebody I know. Um, but they, they introduced you as Dr. Chinedu Oranye. But the person I know, they call him Conrado. I said, I am Conrado. <laughs> he said, Conrado, Conrado, now you be this. Hey, hey. So I won't tell you the fraternity I was part of because I don't want you running after me. But the truth is, the work of regeneration is complete. The work of Jesus Christ is complete. Tell your story. Revelations chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. I'll take an excerpt from there. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Jesus has so many titles, isn't it? But do you know when they introduce him as faithful witness? After he has resurrected. Now, is Jesus God? Does he know all things? All right. But do you know what? There's a title he could not answer until he came in the flesh, lived as a man, died, and did what? Rose. When he resurrected, they gave him this title. What? Faithful witness, firstborn, where? So, having lived as a man, having died as a man, having risen up as a man, he has an experience that he could never have had as God's spirit. Do you understand me? So, a witness goes through a process. And some of the processes may be painful but it's to bring you to a point you become a true witness. A false witness tells other people's stories all the time. Always telling people's story. Where is your story? Where is your story? What is your experience? What is your encounter? I could teach you 10 principles to win souls. 15 principles to lead people to Christ. But let me tell you, your most powerful instrument is your witness. It's your witness. John 5.30. Jesus again, our example. He says, I came of myself, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. Experience again. Isn't it? Is what I hear. What do I do? I judge. It's not about me. It's what I've experienced. What I hear from the Father. And my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will. But of the Father who sent me. A true witness is not concerned about me. He's concerned about him who sent me. So he tells his story not to promote himself, but to promote him who sent him. And you tell your experience to back up the word of God. So every Christian should be a witness. But what's the key? 
And I'm repeating myself again and again. What's the key? And it's one word. What is it? Experience. Experience. Experience makes the world of difference. What you experience transforms you. And some painful experiences are good. Some experiences open your eyes. I was just driving home yesterday evening and as I entered in towards my house in our estate, I saw a young girl, my daughter's friend, sitting in a small garden close to my house with a young man. And as I drove slowly past the garden, she caught my eyes, I caught her eye, I waved high, she turned her eyes away. So I just drove into my compound, came out of the car, went by the fence and said, Hello, Bola, hey, hello. She was trying to, it is me, I've seen you, how are you? She said, ah, uncle, uncle. She ran to me, uncle. I said, come, come, uncle. How are you? Let me help you carry your bag inside. My teenage daughters came out. Ah, bola, bola. Let me help. Uh, As they were carrying the bag, I said, bola, come first. Let my children take my bags in. I turned to her, I said, bola, who is that young man? He said, uncle, he's just a friend. Does your daddy know you have a friend you are meeting in the garden? Say, Uncle, no. Now, because of my experience as an unbeliever, my eyes see things. You know, I see myself as that young man. The things I did with young girls, God will forgive me. He has forgiven me. So I saw what the boy was doing. So I was looking at her as my daughter. My daughters were inside the house. They were talking to him, saying, ah, look at daddy, he's preaching to the Abola. Oh, oh. So later I said, if I catch a boy with you, what I do to Bola, we do more. But the point here is, you can see. Is somebody with me? You can do what? See. Your painful experiences help you see. They help you know. What someone else doesn't see, you see. Open with me to 1 John chapter 1, and I'll read from verse 1 to verse 4. 1 John chapter 1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Listen to this. It says, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and then declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard And we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you see something that's reoccurring there? 
in each of those verses. What is it? What we have heard, what we have seen, what we have handled. So, the greatest experience you need is experience with Jesus. Not just the negative experience from your world, but experience with Jesus. Your experience with Jesus makes you a star witness. And so a false witness is talking about something he has never experienced. A friend told a story about a young man who worked with him in his house. And he had been preaching to this man for so many years. And this young man didn't give his life to Christ. And so this pastor traveled and he said, I'm going out, but on so-so day, I'm coming back. I'm expecting a guest on that day. When he comes, entertain him, I'll be back. And so this man traveled, and when he came back, he entered the house, and he saw the young man, who has not been saved, preaching the gospel to his guest. And the guest was kneeling down saying, I received Jesus. An unbeliever who has not experienced Jesus, is preaching what? Jesus. Look at that scripture. It says, we bear witness and we declare. Look at the three things there. And it's up on the screen. It says, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, what our hands have handled, this we declare to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we say together what we have seen? What we have heard? What our hands have handled? The deeper your experience with Jesus, the more powerful your witness. The deeper your encounter with Jesus, the more you have a natural flow in the lives of men. So please write this quote down that's on the screen. The power of the true witness is not in the knowledge of, but the experience of truth. I repeat, the power of the true witness is not in the knowledge of truth, as much as the experience of what? Truth. Like the man who, man who was blind. He says, I don't know all theology. I didn't go to seminary. But I was blind and what? Now I see. When you experience truth, it gives you power. Is somebody with me? When you experience truth, it gives you what? So, what is our greatest need? And that's the second quote. Our greatest need, we need to hunger for, crave for, pursue after tangible experiences of Christ. I have a blog, a website. It's called restlesspilgrim.org. Restlesspilgrim.org. And somebody asked me, why would you call your blog Restless Pilgrim? I said, because on this side of eternity, I'm restless. All I'm experiencing here, 
I am pressing in to experience Christ as much as I can here, but I know there's a greater unexplainable experience on the other side. Hallelujah. Crave for how deep is our experience of Jesus? How deep is your connection? Can you say, I've tasted, I handle, I experience? Four things experience gives you. Number one, experience gives power to live out the life of God. Number two, experience gives power to declare Christ boldly. Number three, experience gives power to manifest the power of God. Number four, experience gives power to confront evil. Friends, do you know that one of the greatest need in our generation are violent Christians that can confront evil? Is somebody with me? One of the cry of my heart, Lord, raise radical, extreme Christians who are so aggressively devoted to Jesus, they confront evil, what? Head on. We need that. Not fine boy Christians. Fine boy Christians look fine, they speak in tongue, they dress well. But when they say evil, they, when they see evil, they flee. It's not fine girl Christians. We need people that can see the enemy and say, I hit you head on. How many of us are praying for that? You say, I will not flee before the enemy. I will not flee. Where the enemy says he has control, I'm going in there. But you know, you need something. You need that deep experience with Jesus that keeps you. When the enemy stares you in the face, you can stand. The third quote I want you to write is, and it's on the screen, the saturated life does not learn to witness Christ. The saturated life drifts Christ as a, as a lifestyle. Part of the cry of my heart is, let us drip. You know when someone is wet, you are dripping. And later on, I'll ask you to come to the altar if the Lord is asking you to do so. Because the greatest weakness is when the enemy succeeds to, 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 to empty your life. And you are no longer saturated. Now look at that, um, what's on the screen. You see a sponge, right? A sponge filled with water. You squeeze the sponge and what comes out? If we are so saturated with Jesus, we drip. It's a natural thing. Anywhere you are, you are dripping Christ. People know that you are full of Jesus. As I begin to round up, the outcome... What is the outcome of a life saturated? You burn. You burn. Now, look at what he said about John the Baptist. He says he was a burning and a shining light. He did not say he was a shining light and was burning. What was he? A burning 
And what? Do you want to burn? Do you want to burn? A life saturated with Jesus burns. And if something is burning, it shines. Some people want to shine as a light, but they don't burn. And we'll sing a song at the end. I want more of you. The more I know you, the more I want to know you. If Jesus would saturate my life, I will be a burning light. I don't have to learn all the strategies of preaching. My life will be a fire. People will see light. Hallelujah. You enter the plane. You don't have to think, how do I witness? Your life is burning. Just five simple things and we'll just pray. How to witness, as I summarize. Be restless in your pursuit of Christ. Be restless. Let the desire for Jesus consume you. Respond immediately as the Lord is prompting you. Don't think too much. Just respond. You're in a situation, you sense God is saying something. Respond. Number three, be true to yourself. Don't be a fake. Don't try to be somebody else. One of the vows I made in life when I came to know Jesus is I don't want to be like you. I'm a unique creation. I want to be true to myself. I want to burn for Jesus. Number four, take the risk of being a burning light. Do you know if you're a burning light, there are lots of fire extinguishers that want to put out your light. And then finally, be an anti-crowd ideology. Practice the anti-crowd ideology. Don't move with the crowd. Don't move with the crowd. Rise to your feet. There are three questions I put on the screen. He says, are you restlessly pursuing Christ? Are you saturated with Christ? Or are you satisfied with Christianity? Are you shining? Lift your hands and say, Lord, I want to burn. Can you just go to God and say, Lord, I want to burn. Lord, I want to burn. I want the world to see you burn in me. As we take this song, listen to me, friends. You are here. I have just three minutes to do this. And we'll do this very quickly. You are a child of God. I'm talking to Christians. You are saved. But you realize you don't burn. Seems like within you, there's a bankruptcy. The enemy has perforated your spirit. You are leaking all the time. And you are saying, Lord, come and seal me. Seal my leakages. I want you to saturate me. I am weak. My life is not full anymore. Come to Jesus. Just come to the altar and say, Lord, here I am. We don't have time, so if you're coming, you need to come quickly. And when you're coming, you're not coming to me. You are coming to say, Lord, something isn't working. 
The world system is too close to me. I am overwhelmed by things around me. I am not concentrated as I should be. Do come. Listen, those of you in front, come further forward. There are more people coming at the back. If you should be here, you don't have much time. You are a child of God, but maybe you are caught in some reoccurring sin. You have tried to get out. You just don't know how. Oh, friends, this service is for you. Will you not just come and say, Lord, I want more? If you sense a dryness in your spirit, you pray, but it, it just isn't working. You read your Bible, but it seems you are not connecting. You are not coming to me, friends. You are saying, Jesus, you know I've struggled all this while. But help me. We'll sing that song one more time. Just giving a final chance to you. Don't look around and say, what will people think? Come and just lift your hands and say, help me, Lord. And don't look at me. Look to Jesus if you are here. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more, more, more. I want more of you. Jesus, the more I know you, the more I somebody here who has not given his life to Christ before you are like my Conrado of many years ago and you are saying I want to experience regeneration I'm not asking whether you gave your life to Christ by coming to the altar before what you know is that sin seems to have dominion over you Sin seems to control you. You are always living a life you don't want to. Sin rules. I want to pray for you. Lift your hand where you are. The ushers would give you a pack or a card. Those of you who are lifting your hands, know that you can experience regeneration, transformation, Total redirection. Total redirection. Everyone lift your hand to the Lord. Can you say, Lord, I want to burn. Lord, I want to burn. Please, I don't know how to help you pray. But pray and say, Lord, let me be a burning fire for men to see. Talk to God now. Lift your voice and say, I want to be a flame. Lift your voice and cry and say, I want to be a flame in my generation.
I want to be a flame in my generation. I want to be a star witness by the experience of Jesus. Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Somebody talk to the Lord. I want to burn. I want to burn. I want to burn. In Jesus' name we pray. Lift your hands. Let me bless you this morning. Father, over these hands and these lives, let the flames of the Holy Spirit come. Lord, let the fires be uncontrollable. Our generation needs men and women whose fire challenge the flames of the world. May these ones, by the flames of God, Challenge every fire out there in the name of Jesus. Out of these lives, regeneration will take place in our generation. Our generation, we know there is a generation of flaming fire. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Lord, receive all the praise. And receive all the glory. Praise.